I'm going to read from uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. It's the New Living Translation. This can follow along. It's in the bulletins as well. Um, it says, uh, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. But your Heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will I eat? What will, I, what will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows you, knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God and above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Troubles. Today's troubles is enough for today. Good morning. Thank you, Mike. I'm Gary, in case you... You're visiting with us. Uh, I don't know about you, as I've shared with you, everybody earlier. I've, uh, as a result of COVID, believe it or not, I've gotten into following a few of a few new comedians. And uh, one of my new favorites is a gentleman by the name of Brian Regan. Are you familiar with Brian Regan? He's a funny guy. He's got a new uh, special on Netflix, and he comes out and he says, first of all, let's get the hair out of the way." And his hair is white. I guess he's early 60s. And he says he went into COVID, and went into hibernation for COVID and came out with white hair. And I think what he really did is he quit dyeing his hair. And uh, he wanted to get it out of the way. So this morning, I'd like to get a few things out of the way because I've had a couple comments about my appearance this morning. All right? First of all, I have a beard. Well, that may be. I'm not fond of having a beard. Uh, the reason I have a beard is because 10 days ago, 11 days ago, something like that, I took the biggest whack out of my lip shaving that I have ever taken out of my lip. Think, think, think about the size of a dime. Okay? Yes. I was in the bathroom and my wife just heard, she goes, all I heard was something and I knew it was bad. And I took the piece of skin out of the razor and came out and showed it to her. And so, I knew at that time the, the, the beard was a necessity to cover up the scab and subsequent scarring that was going to be there. And it kind of fits because we have two children who are coming home for Thanksgiving. And, and so I kind of want to rub it in that, you know, look, dad now has let his hair grow out after the summer and there's more gray there than what they thought. And the white beard. So it's like you've been gone for so long, kids. I may even get some of that, you know, uh, hairspray that they use for Halloween, you know, the colored hairspray and really play up. I tried to get Susan to go along with me and she ain't up for it. And so, uh, anyway, that's that. And then as far as, uh, I believe Cassie commented, Cassie Mitchell commented on, on my dress that I don't usually dress in as dressy a clothes and that's because, uh, these are the only clothes that fit comfortably these days. I'm a little opposite of everybody else because of my heat intolerance issues. And I don't put on winter weight. I put on summer weight. And so it's time to buy some new clothes. And nobody likes to buy new clothes that are bigger, do we? Right? Because we're all going to lose weight and wear our old clothes. Well, I'm wearing these clothes. 
So anyway, I've got the explanation out of the way. I hope everybody's ready for Thanksgiving. Anybody have any worries today? Anything you're cons- anything you are worried about? Does anybody look at that passage of scripture that that Mike just read where Jesus says, "Do not worry." And go, yeah, right. Okay? That's why this sermon series is entitled, You Want Me to Do What? Because a lot of Jesus' commands, they, they sound like, really? Is that even possible? And guys, we're going to be talking about that because when it comes to worries, I'm, I'm sure there's, a, I would guess, I, if, 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 if it was possible, for me to put a bet down in Vegas right now, you know, that, that, and, and we were able to verify it, I would bet that every one of us has something in here right now that we are worried about. Or at the very least, tempted to be worried about. Whether it's financial, you know, whether we have bills right now. I mean, there may be people, some of us in this room who literally don't know what you know, where our food's going to be coming from for the next month in the near future. There may be others of us who are thinking more long term, and I hear about this a lot. I'm 58 years old, and I hear about this from folks I've known for years that are in my age group or a little bit older because retirement's coming, and guess what? We didn't plan the way we should have. Okay? And we didn't manage our money, we didn't invest. Our money the way we should have. We look at the future and we go, what's it going to be like? We may have relational worries. Whether you're single and you go, I want to get married. I want to be in a relationship. Okay? Or you're married and you want your relationship to be better. Or you're, you have children and you want your relationship to be better with your children. Health issues? Anybody have any? Health issues that are on their, on their radar? Do I need to go on? Do I need to go on about the potential worries that just, that just hammer us? That just show up? And Jesus has the nerve to say, do not worry. And when you hear that, do you want to go, well, he's, he's obviously using some hyperbole there, right? He's obviously using some exaggeration to make a point. That, 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 that's got to be what he's doing. No, that's not what he's doing. And that's what we're here to discuss today. And uh, I don't know how you approach this. I mean, I, I think for me, it's, it's one of those things where I, I want to, I look at this and I want to go, that sounds great. I want to not worry I want, I mean, I'm, my entire life, I want to be a man of faith. I want to be a man that trusts Jesus for everything going on. And uh, that kind of plays to my irresponsibility. Okay? But at the same time, I want to be responsible. So how do I balance that with being responsible but not giving too much attention to things? So how do we do this? You know, it's kind of sometimes I feel like it's when when you, when you tell somebody you gotta you gotta be responsible but not worry. It, 
It's kind of like telling somebody to breathe, but don't take in any oxygen. Okay? That's, that's kind of what it feels like. We feel like worrying is just part of the territory. How do you avoid that? And we may look around us and we may look and we say, well, you know, it, it, we may justify it. Everybody worries. And we may look at that and say, well, then what's that mean? Well, I don't need to be as concerned about it. All, and by everybody, we mean every Christian worries. So that means, number one, nobody has any right getting in my face or challenging me worrying. And that's probably true. Nobody will get in your face, so you won't get in their face about worrying. Um, and, and, and we may not talk about it. That may be our environment where, where worry just does not get brought up that much. Uh, it may be a situation too where if every, we may, we may, we may approach worry this way where we think, well, if everybody worries, you know, surely when it comes judgment day, God, Jesus is going to kind of judge us on a curve. Alright? You know, it's like everybody failed the test, so he's just going to, he's not going to give the worry area much notice, so we shouldn't really give it as much notice. Everybody does bad there, and so, we just don't give it as much attention as we might otherwise. Another area of what Jesus has to say. You see, uh, kind of like, kind of like this is the way I see it. Susan and I went down to Arkansas recently. Uh, we got to spend three wonderful days with uh, an old friend uh, and her. Some of you know, remember Rena? Uh, it was Susan's maid of honor in our wedding, and she. We got to spend three days with her and her husband. Uh, her husband is a retired eye doctor. His name is Donnie. And we don't know Donnie very well because she got married once she moved down there. Uh, and um, talking to Donnie and we're talking about health. Uh, one of the big topics of, the, of those three days because of our age was health issues and doctor stories. And I was telling, telling Donnie one of the stories about uh, going to my... I have a gastroenterologist, a GI doctor now. I have a GI doctor because... I have two things going on. I, I am chronically infected with hepatitis B. means it will never go away. And then I have acid reflux going on all the time. And so for the acid reflux, he gave me a little pill that's commonly known as Pepsid, 40 milligrams a day. It works wonderful. I take it every day. It goes away. Great. If I forget to take it, I know it. I take the pill. It goes away. The last time I'm in to see him, I'm talking to the doctor, and he says, hey, are you still taking the the, the whatever the technical name of it for Pepsi is. I go, yeah, I am. It works great. He says, have you changed your diet? No. He says, well, you know if you don't change your diet, that pill's going to quit working. Oh, okay. And I was telling Donnie this story. He goes, now he's meddling, isn't he? He went to meddling. Okay, because he's saying, look, you don't just get a magic pill. Guys, I think when it comes to Jesus saying, do not worry, he's meddling. See, because the doctor just doesn't want to give us a pill. Our good doctors don't want to just give you a pill. Or give you a surgery. They want you to live a healthier lifestyle. And that's the way it is with Jesus. He's not just saying, listen, I don't just want to save you and forgive your sins. 
I want you to live to represent me as a citizen of the kingdom well. And worry does not do that. He's literally saying, do not worry. Uh, there's another passage here. Mike didn't read it. Let's look at this second passage here in your notes. In Luke chapter 16, uh, verses 10 and 11. These are some other words of Jesus from another's place. This is what it says. It says, if you're faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you will be, uh, I'm sorry, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Guys, I included that verse in here because I want to, I want to throw something out here. I believe these, these next two blanks on your notes, I, I wish I put them in opposite, opposite order, but we're going to address them like the order they're in. This sermon series that we are talking about, I believe, is looking at little things. Okay? It's looking at little things. Specifically, last week, uh, Alan was talking about how we invest our money. I highly encourage you. To go back and listen to that if you weren't here. Well, I'll get, get that later. But here Jesus is talking specifically about money and how we handle our money. And what he's saying is that if we're, if we're unfaithful in dealing with the little things like money, we won't be faithful or responsible with the true riches of heaven. And guys, I want to I wanna throw something out here to you because the Sermon on the Mount, which is what this series is based upon here in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, this Sermon on the Mount is basic Christianity. That's what it's been referred to as. This is Christianity 101. And I ask you to consider that these, this, these lessons that we've been looking at are little things foundational principles that Jesus wants us to get on straight so we can go on to bigger responsibilities. That's what He's challenging us with. So when you think about worry, when He's saying do not worry, He's being dead serious. And when you look at your worries, you're not looking at something that's that's monumental and that's uh, how do I want to say this? You're looking at something that's really simple. That's, that's foundational. That Jesus believes you can get over it. And it needs to be getting past worry should be a regular part of your life. So the question is, how can I be faithful with my thoughts? That's what we're talking about. Because that's where the worry takes place, is in my thoughts. And so I have three things here that we're going to talk about today. 
And the first, so how can I be faithful in my thoughts? The first one is I recognize and acknowledge my worries. Now, if you want to write in parentheses, I got it in my notes for what they are. Okay, and I'll get into that for just in just a minute. For what they are. Let me read you a few definitions here, real quick. I believe it is. It is. Uh, I have discovered over in, in over the last several years that understanding the meaning of words is hugely important. Going back and looking at the meaning of the words that the Bible was originally written in is hugely significant because it's been translated into English, that of the Greek and the Hebrew. And there's to have a more accurate understanding of what God intends for us to, 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 to understand, uh, we need to look at that. And you want to go step farther? I, I know this is a, this, most of us are aware of this. It's been going on for my whole life. But the meaning of, ink, of words in the English vocabulary changes. Is that not true? Have you heard that? I mean, I grew up with that where words changed. As I was a kid, the word cool. Okay, it used to mean what? Low temperature. And then sometime, in, I believe, may have been before I was born. I was born in 1963, but, you know, I was a kid. It was meaning, yeah, something totally different. Obviously, the next one was the word gay. That word changed. As I was a kid, it meant happy. Changes meaning. A few years ago, uh, just over here, in some, a young lady in the St. Louis area petitioned or emailed one of the uh, dictionary peoples. I don't know if it was Webster or Merriam-Webster, whichever one it was. And they changed the meaning in the dictionary of the word racist. Or racism. They changed it. Okay, it meant some, they, they modified it. A uh, very interesting one that you can get into. Uh, somebody testified before Congress earlier this month about the definition of the word vaccination. Miriam Webster changed that last year. Okay? Words change. So it's important that when you look at them, you understand what they mean when you're saying it. And sometimes it's, it, it, it's, it's good to dig into it. Something like, well, I'm just concerned. I'm not really worried. Have you ever thought that? Yeah? That's, that's, a, that's a common scapegoat there. So let's get into this real quick. Okay, first of all, I want to look at this, this Greek word, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't even write down what it was, uh, but that is translated into worry. And depending on your translation, it may spit, instead of say worry, it may say anxious. Do not be anxious. This is what it says. The Greek word, to be anxious. Now I've got, went ahead and looked at the English word anxious. means to be full of mental distress or uneasiness because of fear of danger or misfortune. Greatly worried. It goes on, back to the Greek word, it says, to expend careful thought. To concern oneself. To have thoughts occupied with. I would change that to consumed with. Now you look at the English word worry. Ooh, here let's get down to this. To torment oneself with or suffer from disturbing thoughts. Have you ever had that? 
You ever been tormented by what might happen? Tormented by what you think somebody might do? We have a situation at work we run into at the car wash all the time. We have a little thing called incident reports. Incidents reports are where people say, you, hurt, you damaged my car. Now, we, we have... Just because somebody claims damage or notices damage on their car after they go through the car wash does not mean it was damaged in the car wash. That's why we have video cameras... Okay, to videotape their car, video their cars as they go in. I mean, we, we, I can talk about this all day. Story after story after story after story. But myself and the managers that handle these things, we have to be very careful because we get our thoughts going before we talk to these people. You know, the attendants will tell us, oh, they're mad. They're upset. And there's several things. When it first happens, yes, they're upset. 24 hours later, they're generally calm. You know, they're braver with a young uh, a, a car wash attendant versus the old man owner. Okay, they're braver on the telephone. Multiple things. And your mind gets going. And I can't tell you how many times I personally have went through this exercise in my mind and concern, and I've got to grab hold of those thoughts and say no. Why? I'm tormented with those thoughts. It goes on to torment with cares, anxieties, trouble, plague, to have thoughts occupied with. Now guys, I went through all that just to, just to dig down on exactly what worry is. You see, because especially that word torment. Anybody ever went to sleep with something just nagging at you? You know, something happened and you just keep going through a scenario in your mind. And you and you just and you may be right. Alright? But it's tormenting you. I I I know that. A year and a half ago I had a situation and th- that was what it was. I was being tormented by these thoughts and the temptation was to let it eat me and to worry about it. That's it. You see guys, I think that's a big problem with worry and anxiety is because it is deceptive and we don't want to acknowledge what it is and what it's doing to us and we want to blow it off. It's kind of like getting drunk. All right? At what point do you cross the line to being drunk? At what point do you say, I'm sober, I've had a few social drinks and I'm sober, but now I'm drunk? I mean, the police draw the line, they've got a little breathalyzer, and they have a line they draw. Your blood alcohol content is .08. But for most of us, it's like, where is that line? And I think it's kind of the same way. Where, Where is the line between the proper amount of thought and concern, and I'm occupied with this, and it's potentially tormenting me, and plaguing me, and troubling me. Where's the line for that? Well, I've got a little 
little, uh, first of all, guys, I want to I tell you, if you're, if you're a believer in Jesus, all right, this is a little bit of a side note, but we're going to get into this. That's why God gives you the Holy Spirit to live inside you. Okay? He will reveal to you if you're interested and you're looking for His leading. He will show you when you're over that line. Plain as day. But let's look at this. Uh, I'm going to call it the worry test. And here in James, I believe he gives us an example. Well, let's read this passage here in James chapter 3. He doesn't mention worry, but I believe this applies. He says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfish ambition are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. See guys, in this passage, I know he's not talking about worry. Alright, but he is talking about don't deny what you're looking at in your life. And that's what I'm saying. If you're looking at worry, don't deny it. Recognize it. Call it for what it is. And what he's saying with these situations, he goes, look at the fruit that's produced in your life. If you're tormented, if you're occupied with this, and there is no peace, in your life, you're worried. If you have a peace about it, you probably have the proper amount of concern. And so guys, I, I encourage you to, to look at this and to dig down. To ask yourself, if you're at that point where you're saying, am I worried or not? Ask yourself, what are my thoughts producing in me? Are they producing this overzealous, I, can, I, gotta, I gotta work myself to the bone, I gotta stress over this to make something happen? Or is it a producing a, yeah, I need to do what I'm supposed to do, but I have a peace and a calmness and a joy about me while I do it. Because I'm not supposed to worry. And because God's got this. What fruit is it producing in your life? Because you need to examine it and not deny what's there. What is it producing in you? Where do I end up after dwelling or indulging my thoughts? Stress, obsessed and consumed. At peace, joyful, relaxed, faith-filled. You see guys, worry is not a fruit of the Spirit. Did you know that? It's not. Worry's not from God. Um, you can look at those other two passages on your own. Uh, just, they just talk about getting it out, confessing it before God and with others. The second thing that we do, if I am to, to, to be faithful with my thoughts, is I resolve to trust Jesus. I resolve to trust Jesus. We've already announced Twice it's been mentioned already about Cody getting baptized Wednesday night. He made a decision to trust Jesus. 
That's not the last time he has to make that decision. We made that very plain. Okay? If you are going to be faithful with your thoughts, you have to resolve, I am going to trust Jesus with whatever situation, circumstance you are presented with where you want to worry about it, where you want to be consumed with it, where you want to be stressed over it. You want to resolve that you want to trust Jesus. This next passage here is is about the simplest passage in the Bible. I chose the New Living Translation because this jumped out at me years ago when I was having one of these spells myself. And, uh, And this is what it says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Yeah, we already heard that. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Here it comes. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Guys, I love this passage because if... If there's ever a passage in the Bible that tells me exactly what to do. Do you love that? He says, don't worry. Okay, what do I do instead? Instead, tell God what you need. Okay, that's pretty simple. Thank Him for what He's done. Now it got a little difficult. Because I'm consumed with what I need. But he's giving you something to do. And then what else does he say? Thank him for all he's done. Tell him what you need. Thank you for all he's done. He goes, then the peace of God, another translation said, was exceeds all understanding. Who wants that peace? You see, guys, and what's lovely about that, what's beautiful about that, that tells you when you've let go of the when you've let go of the worry. If you're not experiencing the peace, maybe you haven't let go of the worry yet. Is that fair? I mean, maybe... And maybe... This is okay if this is where you start, but maybe you're just going through the motions. And it's not something of just going through the motions. Following Jesus isn't a matter of a ritual prayer. It's not a matter of just saying the right words enough times. It's a matter of having your heart involved. And that's why it's resolving to truly trust Jesus. To truly believe that He's going to do what He said He's doing. What He's going to do. And to truly believe that there's peace that He's promised is going to come. I don't know about you guys, I've experienced this on occasion. Not all the time. I'm going to get real here. I'm going to get real. Earlier in my notes, I didn't use this. But can you imagine if you were transported back in time to the, to the, to the, the scene at the Red Sea? You know, the Israelites were read out of, led out of Israel by Mo, I mean, out of Egypt by Moses. You know, and they had the ten plagues. 
that led up to this. I mean, just miraculous events that showed Pharaoh that yes, God was God and get these people out of here and, and miraculous events and the people of, people of God, the Israelites saw these miraculous events too. They saw what God could do and they're wandering around for a little bit and they don't take a straight path. And the Bible says that literally they didn't take a straight path to the Red Sea because God was literally baiting Pharaoh into following them. And so they end up at the Red Sea and Pharaoh comes charging out to them. He says, well, we're going to kill them. They don't know what they're doing. We're going to go get them. And so the, the, the Israelites find themselves between the Red Sea and Pharaoh and God provides this pillar of fire to separate them so he can split the sea so they can go through on dry land. But, but, it took all night for the sea to be split. Now my question is this, can you imagine what their stress level might have been for that night? Might they have been pinging the red line? Can you imagine if you were transported back in time and you said to them, hey, don't worry. It's all going to be okay. I know the end of the story. How difficult would that... What if you could convince them? What if you could actually bring back the video play? Let me show you the story. Let me show you, show you the video here of what's going to happen. Might they, might they, Use my imagination here. Help me out. Just all of a sudden go, this is going to be alright. Guys, I believe that's, that's what happens. That's what's possible. When we're worried and we truly resolve to trust Jesus and we tell Him what we need and we thank Him for what He's done and he, we will be overcome with a peace that is like a drug. And it can just be poof. Guys, but we gotta be serious about trusting Jesus. We gotta be serious about looking at what His Word says. The next thing, guys, and this is part of trusting Jesus. The third thing, if we're gonna be faithful with our thoughts, is I replace my thoughts with Jesus' thoughts. You see, part of the problem with worry is what? It's we, we give way, 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 way too much thought to the same thing over and over and over again. Is that fair? Okay, it's mental chewing gum, right? We just, we, we become obsessive about it. We can't turn, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody say, I can't stop thinking about it. Whether it was a breakup, or a divorce, or a loss of a job, or they're losing a house, or, or, or the death of a loved one. You name it. You can go on and on and on where I just can't stop thinking about it. Guys, back to Philippians 4. It gets, Philippians 4 continues to just stay simple for us. This is what it says in verse 8. After it's just told us what to do, he says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. 
Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He's saying, get your mind off the wrong things and get them on to the good things. I was reminded, I think it was just yesterday, of a story from several years ago, at least ten years ago, of uh, Sunday afternoon, my wife and I were taking a nap on a Sunday afternoon and my phone rang. I didn't recognize the phone number and I uh, did not answer the phone. Quickly, I got a voicemail, so I listened to the voicemail and it was the most shocking voicemail I've ever received in my life. A young lady saying, Hello, I am just calling random phone numbers to see if there's anybody who would like to have sex for money. And she proceeded to go on in fairly explicit terms to tell me what she was willing to do. All the while, there was a child, toddler, in the background. Now, what do you do with that? No, I did not call. Okay? Did not call. Uh, but what do you do with that? Well, I did the only thing that I thought at the time I could do with that, and I had fun with it. Wait for it. Okay, I'll get convicted in a minute. Just wait for the story. And I would, some of you do it, I remember telling, showing Danny Langford, and, and or not Danny, Danny Gill. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, and I would, I would let a friend listen to this. And, and, and you would watch them, and they'd go, okay, and they'd go, And I would do this as guys at body shops that I worked with. And after a while, I thought, maybe I ought not be doing this. Maybe this isn't what I should be doing with this. Okay? Didn't know what to do. So I shared it with my small group at the time. And the small group, by the way, that's what's good about a small group sometimes, is they'll help you get on track. And uh, the suggestion came up with, maybe we should call this young lady. There's this child running in the background. This sounds like desperation. And maybe we should find out what kind of material needs she has. And we can help meet those needs. And that's what we did. We actually had somebody who was in the benevolence minister here at the time call down there a woman Called down there, just say, hey, we heard you may have some needs. Found out the ages of the children and things. We took up some money from our small group, bought some things, and a couple members of it uh, took it took it down there. Now, guys, my whole point is this: I took I, I take something that I didn't know what to do with. Okay, confession did the wrong thing with it. It wasn't worry, but it wasn't the right thing. It didn't represent Jesus very well. What I was doing. No, 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 I'm going to rephrase that. It did not represent Jesus, what I was doing with that. Okay? But there was an opportunity to represent Jesus there. And when I took it, wow, what an opportunity 
What a turnaround. And guys, that's the way this is. That's the opportunity we have. Right now, for this month, we're doing this with our contribution. You folks all know about it. We're asking you folks to look for the need to pray about where God wants you to give your contribution this month to open your eyes to see a need that, that you come in pa- a path with. And it's been my personal prayer that everyone in this that's part of Greater Alton can experience something like I just said with this with this phone call where it's like, wow, God really does answer prayer when we pray it like that. And He really does want me to represent Him in an individual's life. And this is, I, I just, I want it to be an incredible experience. This morning, God expanded my prayer to not just be about how you, how we handle our material possessions, but how we handle our thoughts. And I want every person at Greater Alton to experience this peace that comes from capturing your thoughts and replacing them with the thoughts of Jesus. The question is, guys, do you believe that you, it's possible to capture your thoughts? You see, because I've heard people go, I've heard people in this room go on and on about the same negative things over and over and over again. And they've consumed by them. I mean, it's not just in their mind, they're verbalizing it. You verbalize them. Do you believe that you can get your focus off those things? Do you believe that God, that Jesus, through the power of His Spirit, can help you capture those and replace those. Is that possible? Do you believe it's possible and then do you want that to happen? Those are two different questions. Those are two different questions. You see guys, we are representatives of our King Jesus. We are to be light in this world. We are to be salt in this world. And we are to represent Him. And one of the the little things that what starts with is our thoughts. That's where it begins. And And it's something that anyone can do here today where you can grab your worries of the future, your concerns for tomorrow, and you can report replace them with a trust in Jesus and a focus on on what He wants you to think about. And so as we close out today, guys, I just want to ask you, is it your personal goal or desire to live as a faithful servant to Jesus? Because this is what we're talking about. That faithfulness starts with little things. And guys, I just want to encourage you as we go to the holidays, we've got one more lesson in this series. It's next week. Okay, I'm going to be talking about the little thing of judging. Okay? And uh, then Tim's going to be doing a series for uh, uh, leading up to Christmas. But I w- I'd like to encourage you to g- go back over this series. Okay? There have been some fabulous ones about the heart and about investing and about prayer and about motives. And I encourage you to go back. Go to the website. We have both the PD, you know, the notes on PDF, and but the but the we also have the recordings. 
uh, audio on there where you can listen to all these again. And I encourage you to go back there and, and look for the little things. And I think the opportunities can provide a great opportunity to practice the words of our King. Specifically to do not worry. Anybody got any concerns about the holidays? Who would much rather experience peace while remembering the birth of the King of Peace? Let's pray. Father, it is incredible to think about what You offer us. Father, it is truly amazing to see the contrast between what this world offers and the world, what the world constantly throws at us. And Father, Your ways. Father, everybody in this room knows the way worry can consume and obsess and torment the mind. And Father, to think about having a peace that goes beyond anything we can understand Father, to me, is, 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 is what the drug addict seeks. And Father, You offer it. And Father, all it requires is us to trust You and to align our thoughts and our lives with You. Father, I thank You for what You have done here at Greater Alton over the past several years. Father, the way You have opened our eyes to see You more clearly and to understand You more clearly. Father, understand that it's not about rules, but it is about representing You. It is about being an image of You to the world. Father, I ask right now that that's something we can grab a hold of individually. And Father, especially as the holidays approach, we can choose to really focus on the little things and invest in heaven and today just give our focus to not worry. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.